May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I come from a family of pacifists. As family legend has it, my great-granddad was particularly fervent about the cause. During the First World War, as a conscientious objector, he made a stand for his beliefs and took quite a bit of stick for it. On one particular occasion, let's be charitable and say he was having a bad day. Anyway, on this particular occasion, when confronted and ridiculed for his views, he lashed out and punched someone in the face. I think it's the first and only time that a member of my family has hit the headlines, which read, pacifist arrested for violence. Growing up, in my house you could find no guns, no swords or any other toy weapons, no soldiers, no knights, no bows or arrows. Picking up sticks to make into guns or swords, not allowed. Water pistols, not allowed. Washing up liquid bottles used as water pistols allowed, as long as they weren't referred to as water pistols. Using a nail file to file down one of Barbie's hands to make a stylish handgun. Points for creativity, but also not allowed. Imagine then my confusion and delight one day when I turned up to Holiday Bible Club to discover that we were spending the day making swords and shields and helmets. Apparently, so long as we wrote down the words righteousness and faith and truth on them, they were allowed. And if the verses that we've read this morning were correctly memorised, we were then free to get on with the important work of fighting each other with these things. Whilst people like my great-granddad have taken Christ's teaching as reason and justification for pacifism, it's also possible to make a case for just war from Christian perspectives. However, these verses in Ephesians, outlining an image of a Christian soldier wearing God's armour, were not written about this issue or written about Christians in combat situations. In the letter written to the Ephesians, we find images associated with Roman power, and these images are used and subverted to argue against the authority of the time. These images were set up to persuade the first hearers of the letter to follow Christ as ruler and king, to live for Christ's kingdom of peace, as opposed to the Roman kingdom of power and violence. So we have this image of the armour of God. As the soldiers in the Roman army relied on weapons and defences, so followers of Christ needed weapons and defences, but of a different kind. Likewise, in the similar letter to the Colossians, which, like Ephesians, was probably written by Paul's disciples around the time of his death, we find similar imagery but instead of comparing soldiers with Christians, Christ is compared with Caesar. Here the images of Christ as supreme ruler, the firstborn, creator and reconciler. These images stand in direct opposition to the symbols and language of Caesar's rule and kingdom. In portraying Christ in this way, 
And in using the image of the armor of God, these letters explicitly attacked the Roman Empire, removing Caesar and placing Christ as ruler of the kingdom. So we have this portrayal of two worlds, an earthly kingdom and a heavenly one. To follow Christ is to be brought into God's kingdom and rule, to embrace a new ethic, a radical and subversive commitment to God's kingdom, and to reject other systems of power and violence. In the letters to the Ephesians and the Colossians, examples of how this plays out in community are given. These examples challenged the normal social and economic assumptions of that time and raised questions about how power played out within society and within the home. These letters give examples of how to follow Christ when confronted by violence, how to live faithfully when you're mistreated and powerless, how wealth is shared and how poverty and slavery can be confronted within the Christian community. In these different ways, these letters call the community of faith to live a radically different ethic, rooted in the abundant and forgiving love of Jesus. We may find the image of a soldier helpful, or perhaps we find it unhelpful. It's important to remember that these images were used to make sense of Christian living in a particular time and space, and for us, different images may apply. But the call is still the same. Our mission is to follow Christ and seek God's heavenly kingdom on earth. The question for us is, how does this play out in our homes, in our communities, and here at the cathedral? To explore this, I'd like to share with you a poem inspired by the letters of Ephesians and Colossians and entitled, Two Kingdoms. Listen. Can you hear the heartbeat of creation as its maker rises up to call us back again? All we hope but cannot see, image of the invisible, you hold all things before beyond and present here. There's no way of stopping for your kingdom keeps on moving, breaking bonds that hold us back, moving to a different rhythm. Call us back. Remove the veil of this world's charms. They deceive us, splitting us into tribes of self-interest. This world's kingdom where strong tramples weak. Slavery is rising and violence hides behind front doors and closed curtains. Numbed by our existence, sucked in by Instagram lies where mental illness continues to rise. Lord, sing us the song of your kingdom. Help us dance to a different beat, for we have tired hands and feet, but hearts alive and lost in you, Christ is all and in all, and we cannot contain the expanse of God's vision to wrap us all in the loving embrace 
of self-giving, self-losing, God holding grace. It is the church on the hill, not too scared to look down and share the poverty of her sisters and brothers all around. It is the girl in the playground, standing tall on all the authority of heaven as she looks her bully eye to eye and says, I forgive. It is the endurance of the dad as his foster kid kicks back to test his love again and again. It is the unnoticed one who keeps on returning to check no one Not even one has been left behind or forgotten. It is the silenced singing loudest, the excluded offering welcome, the bound up finding freedom, and a little child will lead them. For we are dancing to a different beat, tired hands and feet but hearts alive and lost in him. Christ is all and in all, and we cannot contain the expanse of God's vision to wrap us all in the loving embrace of self-giving, self-losing, God holding grace, and we will not stop until the philosophies of this world are brought down. They make us slaves, but we will not submit to their lies armed with faith and hope and love in the messiness of life offering grace and truth, breaking hatred with a smile and disdain with the handshake of peace, breaking down the walls that keep us from each other because we are marching to a different beat, soldiers in a ragtag army giving our lives in this kingdom of love. So walk in Christ. Christ is enough. Stand strong, stand tough. Don't shrink back from love. Let God grow you beyond what you know. Christ, the root, the shoots. Christ, the fruits. Christ is all and is in all. We are dancing to Christ's beat. Tired hands and feet, but hearts alive and lost in him. Christ is all and in all, and we still cannot contain the expanse of God's vision to wrap us all in the loving embrace of self-giving, self-losing, God-holding grace. Amen. Amen.